0: To uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my dear friend, Mr. Michael Finkel. So Michael is a social entrepreneur who started several companies, including Breathe for Change, which is a company that has a yoga teacher training for teachers. It's one of the largest yoga teacher trainings in the world that has supported over 5 million teachers, students, and school community members bring mind-body concepts into the lives of children. I mean, it truly is like he's just one of those guys that not just – is successful, but he pours his heart into everything he does. He's in a passionate, loving relationship with his partner, Adriana. And in this conversation, we went deep into the work. I mean, like one of the things I find with entrepreneurs that are super successful and connected and have passion and impact in relationships is how much dedication they have to their own awareness, how much dedication they have to their own spiritual path. And You know, Michael's journey is really interesting. He lost his dad at a pretty young age and really shifted his relationship to death at a young age, which really created this sort of awakening, if you would, to shift his relationship to fear in every aspect of his life. I mean, we talked about vision quests, living in the desert, deep conscious relationship practices. We went back and forth on the role of flow and how to infuse more meaning into day-to-day living. I mean, this was just such a beautiful, juicy, just nourishing conversation with somebody that I admire so deeply that I'm so grateful for the opportunity to sit on the other side of and just ask questions and be a curious student. And I hope you guys all experience the same. So. Enjoy this conversation. If anything Michael said on the podcast resonated, you can reach out to him at the end of the conversation. He has his content information and where you can go find him. And yeah, if, if you love this conversation, leave us a review. Let me know what you appreciated about the conversation, what the biggest takeaways were. I love hearing about this. Tag us on social media. In any case, I'm just so grateful that you guys are here. I say this every single week and it just does not go without being said because this show would not exist without each of you giving it your attention. This show would not exist without each of you showing up with a full heart to to be here. I would not be who I am without this show. So thank you for giving me a platform, this show a platform, and just for the gift of your attention. It means the world to us, and I just can't wait to hear your biggest takeaways. So without further ado, here is my main man, Mr. Michael Henkel. Enjoy. Yo yo yo! What up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Michael, welcome to the show, brother. Thank
1: you, Raj. So good to be here with you, brother. I'm pumped.
0: Dude, I, uh, I just love. You know, we were talking about this earlier, but you know, I just we've been trying to make this work for a while now, and I love that we got to drop in last week, and just that dinner was so magical in. I mean I have a million questions for you in so many directions but like I just I'm so glad that that happened right before this is happening because it gives a lot of like just a lot of material to work with. I mean you're a pretty interesting oh, dude, not going to not going to lie. Like <laughs> I mean you you've done so much and you you said something before the podcast started around deep periods of introspection and inner work and reflection always sort of like proceed deep periods of expansion and creation and success. Can you speak to the first time that happened for you? Like, how do you know that this is a pattern
1: you're inside of again? It's a really good question. And uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate that question. And that definitely has been the experience I've had. And I actually only recently came, I was in ceremony in, out in the desert like a week and a half ago, which actually revealed, like, helped me realize like, oh, this is the pattern. Because I was feeling a little like, why am I so like inward focused right now? And I was like, Oh, I get it. It's because that's just where I am. The first time this really happened in my life was about 10 years ago. And I had been trying to do tech startups. I started my first company when I was a senior in college, taught myself to code, was doing tech startups for like three years and, you know, found some level of success, but it was also like pretty miserable. Honestly, I was like really stressing out, trying to like change the world overnight, trying to like left brain my way through everything. And, and then I kind of hit. A point where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I burned out. So I wound everything down. It was like, ended up essentially a failure. And I felt pretty lost. But I felt also at the same time, like I really needed just some time to like, explore myself and express myself without thinking I had to take me anywhere. I actually ended up that whole journey, like it's a long story, but but the short version is, I ended up traveling around the country on an old school bus for like six months, and exploring, essentially meeting people all over and anywhere I'd go, people would ask me what I was doing. And I would flip it on them and say, well, well, what are you doing and how can I help? And in that, I got so many stories of people's passions, their inspirations, and it, it really connected me deeply to how many of us have such gifts that we have, but that so rarely get fully expressed within, the, within our society. And it really got me passionate about that. And after that trip, I spent all my money. I blew all the savings I had on this trip. I had to move back into my parents' house and I was kind of, I had been heavily exploring in lots of ways on the trip. So I needed some time just to like go inward and cocoon. And and during that time, actually, my dad also passed away. So there's this like whole precipitating factors of things that just broke me open. And, and I gave myself the gift of like six months of, and also, you know, the privilege of being able to crash in my parents' house of like six months to like really go inward, figure out who I am. And from that, the four companies that I've co-founded all essentially were birthed. Out of that. So that was the first time that that, that that really happened in my life. I was about 25. So I was 25
0: and that was a, how long of a period of like deep introspection? Well,
1: there was the bus trip, which was kind of like actually, if I think of the whole thing as like a sine wave, the bus trip was like me kind of going down that sine wave curve, like taking myself out of the constructions that society, that I thought society had for me and what I thought like people's judgments of me and stuff. And then that was about six months. And then after that, spent about six months really cocooning and and inward before things started to generate outward. And you know, these periods, and I like, I mentioned to you before the show, like, I feel like I'm in, to some degree it's different now, but a period of inner introspection again. And they're hard for, I think for, at least for me as someone who's like always really feels really driven to like contribute in the world and be my best self and grow and do all the things. It's like, takes a lot of, you know, surrender and courage for me to like, Not be doing that, you know, to let myself just be in that place of stillness. So, yeah, about a year, honestly, and about a year of time total for that for me before things started to pick up.
0: And then the creation phase of the four companies was that over a a five, 10 year period? Like, what was that period?
1: Yeah. So, there was the period of just sort of cocooning. And then there was this period of like splashing around with some projects and then really quickly, three different projects all started to take off and become companies at the same time. So there was like a, it was like springtime, you know, it was like the blossoms happening on the trees, like all of a sudden these new things are happening. And yeah, it's been about, I guess like seven or eight years since those happened. And it's been much more of a time of, yeah, growing, taking care of these things, a lot of growth and kind of bring myself to a new place. And then what has happened in the last year or so is that all that energy I had from that introspection, all that inspiration and the sort of ideas for this new growth and not just like startup ideas, but like inner knowings, they like they like expressed. And then I started to feel like kind of trapped by all that growth, you know, like what had been what I wanted to create then became what I was no longer deeply inspired by. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting you're saying all this and I want to kind of phase these things out because what I'm Really seeing and hearing is the seasonal nature to the creative process. And, you know, it is a mix of doing and creating and outward expression. And then like the inner exploration, right? That is a form of creation as well. Like if there's alchemy happening inside of you and you're changing, you're growing. There's so many external inputs that are like coming in and factors that are changing and global economics that are shifting and. And so inside of all this, like we're actually trying to navigate being alive. Right. And, and so it's just fascinating. You know, I found for myself, even like, you know, I went through a deep period of, I'd say maybe two years of deep introspection before liberate was born. But it's almost like I had to, and I actually went through a phase where everything was dying in order for something else to be born. So it's like, These periods of seasonal nature, like, you know, the different seasons of life. I love that you mentioned like kind of like a spring birthing, you know, and like the reality that, you know, birth and death are like the two endpoints. And it's like honoring that within yourself, like what has to die within yourself in order for the next thing to be born. I mean, it's a really healthy way to think about life, at least for me. Like I think you were surrender was a beautiful word. Like I've kind of started using the word like just letting go of my attachments to the way things are, and surrendering to something bigger and deeper, and and not really questioning it.
1: I love that. I think I used to be afraid of death. And what was really interesting is when my dad died, death switched from this like he died suddenly of a heart attack while we were on a ski trip, so it was like a very intense experience. And it switched from some intangible fear of this unknown thing to like a real tangible experience of it. But in that, also, it took away it like it actually let the fact that I don't really know how this happened. There was a lot of surrender and I'm grateful for the universe and supporting me in this, but I came to the realization that obviously death is a part of life. Right. And just like you said, and death can be the fact that we are going to die can actually be a really strong, beautiful ally for living life to the fullest. Right. And to take it away from this, like sort of existential, but subconscious fear that we have, that's always like kind of there to saying like, I know I'm going to die. And that actually, makes each moment I have here alive that much more precious and that much more of a chance to, you know, live fully. And so yeah, there's 100%. I think that's, I think that's something that our society is terrified of. And unfortunately, can lead to a lot of folks to kind of never fully live because of that fear.
0: I actually feel like the reason why we have so many like mental health problems and people navigating a lack of purpose or really like feeling like they're out of alignment is because we're running from the one thing that can't be run from. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, how do you fight against that?
1: I mean, you can try, (laughs) you can try for ages
0: just saying that, like, I mean, we're all on a terminal illness at the end of the day, right? Like aging is a terminal illness. So it's like, I think changing that relationship early on is healthy and it's never too late to do that. And one of the things I'm really inspired by you in particular is, you know, you talked a little bit about the desert and that experience for you. Like when you were sharing it with me, like, it felt really raw because it was like like that's like you were actually confronting the only fear in my eyes at that stage when you're out in the desert which is like the fear of dying can you maybe share a few lessons or perspectives that are born from maybe that experience i know you've been doing that for 3 4 years now or multiple years but like what about that experiences kind of helped sharpen, like you had your, your father pass, and that informed you on something around death, but like, how are these experiences just being like fully immersed in the desert, also sharpening your relationship to fear and death?
1: Yeah. What a good question. So just for context, first of all, what, what Raj is referring to is I go on quests, vision quests uh, once a year. And for, so, so for six days, it's like a nine day journey, but for six days, I'm out in the desert by myself, limited food and, uh, just, questing into some deep question I have about life. And in these journeys, you know, there's so many elements being guided by this amazing wisdom keeper, this grandmother who, you know, is a big part of it as well. But being out in nature by myself with just myself and nature and the universe or God or whatever the word is, like the thing that's greater that we're part of, I really connect you through nature. And as it relates to this idea of fear or fear of death, like there's something... I remember on the first quest I did the last evening, there was something that I was doing, like a power ceremony. So I was essentially like claiming my power and I had to do it after it got dark. And usually in this first one, when it would get dark, like I would get in my tent, you know, and and if I had to get out to pee, I would like be scared with my flashlight on, shining it everywhere. And like, you know, cause there's mountain lion, there's wolves, there's bears, like, you know, anyway, but this last evening we had to go out and normally you'd have a fire, but there was a fire band. So with no fire and be out in the dark, like full night. And just like claiming our power out loud to the world. And I remember I was like, the thing that was the hardest for me is I was really afraid of that a mountain lion was just going to like pounce on me while I was doing this, you know? And I I remember there was like a pivotal moment that the first thing I did, so I was, so I was going to get out and I was going to claim my power and it was, and I was like, but this fear was like clearly in the way of me claiming my power. It's such a metaphor in the end. And I was just like, all right, like, fuck it. Like, let's just do this. So the first thing I did, I got out, I stood there with my arms out like this. And I was just like, mountain lions, if you're going to kill me, kill me now. Because after this, I am not going to be afraid of you. And I just like made a proclamation to the universe. Basically, as like, I'm ultimately recognizing that there are things beyond my control, but that I was like, it was a moment of letting go of the, the way that fear limits me. And obviously in this case, it was the fear of, you know, mountain lion, whatever. But I think more broadly, It was a beautiful metaphor and like deeper thing I was doing, which was saying, like, there's always things to find to be afraid of in life. There's no shortage of ways to find something to be afraid of that's beyond our control that could kill us or could, you know, take us out of what we want to be having in our life. And it was a deep moment of being like, of surrender and then also of like the confidence and trust that came on the other side of that. Because after that, I was like, okay, like didn't happen, you know? Great. I fear, fear, I can move past that and, and go about my ceremony without, without that. So that's what comes to mind when you ask that question. I do think it was a really pivotal moment for me and how I relate to, to fear and, and death.
0: That's beautiful, man. I love, thank you for sharing that. Like, I just love the, it's almost like you're letting yourself die. It's like, yeah, like if I'm going to die, I have peace and that, that one act of surrender. You know, in this case, it was physical death. But I think there's a lot of aspects of ourselves, like, even in relationship, you know, like for me, like, letting myself be seen as a form of allowing a part of me to die, right? Like, it's like letting myself like, all right, take this for all it's worth, or, or so not. There's so many micro ways that we can practice these little mini deaths or these surrenders in our lives. And it creates, like you said, like the byproduct is confidence, The byproduct is not having any feeling to fear. It's having like, I don't fear. And when you don't have a feeling to fear, you're fully free. thousand percent agree with that. So, okay. How does all this work sort of alchemize into like tangible things that you carry into your life? Like, cause you know, that's one thing that I, you know, I do a lot of my own personal work, a lot of journey work, but like the integration to me is like the thing that matters most. And I think that's the piece that most people screw up. So, How do you go and take something that's so wildly out of the blue, like a quest in the desert that doesn't seemingly resemble the the sort of life that you live today, but in some ways it may, but like, how do you bring that back and turn it into like, like, what does the post look
1: like? Like when you come off of something like that? Well, first of all, you're touching on something that for me has been like a deep exploration for like 15 years. And I don't think I have all the answers. I do think that I've been getting slowly better and better at bridging the worlds between deep ceremonial transformational experiences like this one and leading a startup that is going in the capitalist, you know, system that we're in and growing and, you know, feeds a bunch of families and all that stuff, you know, like, or like people depend on for financial support and all that. So it's certainly, I think, the challenge of my lifetime to really merge those two worlds. And that's, that's what I want to see. That's the world I want to live in more than anything is the world in which the inner, like consciousness and knowing and purpose that we all hold is fully expressed within the society we live in. And I think that's a dream of probably of our generation, I think, but it's a dream that's certainly a lifetime's worth of work, at least for myself. And so I think there's so many questions that I still don't have all the answers to that said, I think the first thing is just to say, just to even hold that vision. I think so many people like see like have a transformational experience like that, let's say like a ceremony, whether there's plant medicines involved, or in this case, how it's just nature, or it's some training, some transformational facilitated experience. And there's such a broad gap between that and like the day-to-day world that they live in, that there's almost just like a subconscious like, oh, well, okay, that's just going to be different. Like I got to have my day-to-day life and then I'll get to go on these ceremonies. Right. And I think Just even acknowledging that it's possible and even setting that goal or vision for ourselves, I think is the start. And I know for me, it was like the start. And then more tangibly, like some practices that I think really help are I'm a huge journaler. Like I'm journaling all the time. Right. And so when I'm in these experiences, I'm like, as soon as I come out or, or while I'm in it still in in the case of a quest, I'm like taking all these types of notes about like how what I'm receiving or learning is like how I can change my life to better align with. The wisdom I'm receiving. And then I like really consider what are the most like three to five most important changes. And before I leave, like in the case of a quest, there's like a couple of days afterwards of integration on on the land. Before I leave, I make the changes. So whether that's, you know, a communication to an investor where I need to like have a tough conversation about something and be more transparent and make sure that everything is like aligned or whether that's whatever it might be, like a change in my daily schedule, I'm calendaring that. I'm sending them communication so that it's like, There's momentum as I come back into my life that is different. So then it helps me hold that in a different way. And I'm also, you know, I'm a huge, also big meditator. I have meditated almost every day for about 10 years in the morning. And I think that also, like in that practice, I like intentionally sort of tap back into the same state, which is also very helpful. Those are some initial things that come to mind. I love
0: the tapping back into state because I think that's like something that At least for me, I remember my first plant medicine journey. Like, I remember coming back to my life and it was so hard because I realized how much of my life was created from my ego and my mind instead of like my heart and what I actually desired. And it was really difficult and I was getting triggered left and right. But like, to me, like staying anchored inside of those feelings, remembering that these are feelings that you experienced in your body. Like, that's what I think these transformational experiences do. They open you up to more of yourself even a heartbreak, a heartbreak is doing nothing but opening yourself up to more of you. And it can be painful. And it can also be liberating in a lot of ways, because you identify the cracks and crevices that you weren't filling your own cup up and seeking it outward. And so to me, like that's where I think the meditation, any of the practices that you just mentioned, journaling has been massive for me too. just a practice of reflection and consistent reflection has been big clearly like you have the businesses and then, you know, I'd love to also speak about how quest and solo quests like this actually supports your, your ability to show up in relationship and in intimacy. Cause I, Gina and I, like we do a lot of partner work like together, but like right now we're also in a period of actually exploring Okay, like if we actually went into our own quests, like what would, so I'm actually curious, like how does that play into how you guys show up for each other or how you show up at least?
1: I love that question so much. And actually, before I go into that, just really quick, the one other thing I wanted to say about integration is that like relationships are so key for integration. And so having the ability to like to choose relationships that support this type of work and also communicate and be real about what's happening in these spaces with friends and family for me has been another huge aspect. So thank you for bringing up relationship. It brings up a story. So Adriana and I are both doing these quests every year and you know, they're completely independent for the actual quest. But I want to tell a story of of actually the day after that story of me claiming my power. So the, the last day of Quest is like the, you're kind of like returning from the hero's journey. And we were each in completely different areas, no interaction, no sound, anything like that. Part of the Quest was working with this, like, it's called the Quest of the Journey Shield. But we had like this little like leather, this animal skin thing we were kind of working with. Anyway, I was walking out, like no shirt, like wild, got this leather thing slung over my shoulders or whatever. Walking up the canyon that I was in for Quest towards the place where we both come out. And I had done so much deep work. And before going into Quest, there's this moment of looking back on your life up to that point and allowing it to die for the sake of what is needing to be reborn. And so this was only being together with Adriana about a year. And we actually have been going through some challenges like, you know, pretty recently. So we were like, all right, we're going to do this. And we're like committed and like, it's a huge thing. So we'll see where we are on the other side, right? So part of the like letting it die was like, dang, like I wonder where... I'm going to be, but I was like, I wonder where she's going to be, you know? And so I'm coming out and I'm like, I've done all this deep work and I'm like so much more committed to the relationship. I'm like, this is my woman. This is my partner, you know? Like I'm all in, but there was so much vulnerability because I knew she was going through some super deep experience on her side. And I had no idea, you know, hope, I was like, I hope she feels the same, but like maybe she came up with something where it's like, you know, whatever, something different. Right. So I'm walking up the canyon, gorgeous red rocks everywhere, feeling really powerful, but also my, my chest is just, my heart is just like pounding and I'm like, so excited and nervous to, to like come back to see where she is. Right. And we end up, she's coming from a different direction. We end up like approaching the circle at like the exact same time. And I see her and she sees me. And like, there's just like the moment our eyes kept, it's one of the sweetest moments of my entire life because the moment that we like saw each other and made eye contact, both of us just broke into this, like the biggest <laughs> grin you could possibly imagine. It was like instant recognition that like, Oh, the other person just had this, like the exact same experience of like falling more in love with each other again, you know? And it's like all that like nervousness of like, Oh, like sometimes I think we have to let things go in order to realize how much they mean to us. Right. And so it was like a, it was one of those moments and it was just the sweetest and we just were like cheesing for like hours and it, it, it's so like refreshed with it all. And, and I tell that story because I think it's so indicative of like the journey that that happens when we allow ourselves and our partners to do deep work because there is uncertainty and there's always the risk, right? Of like that person going a different direction than we go. But to me, that type of thing is that sweetness, that trueness of the full choice within our freedom of choosing one another is so worth the risk. And like, that's the way that I, that's the dream that I and we hold for our partnership. And sometimes it's easier said than done, but man, it's, yeah, it's been really worth it whenever, whenever we've done it.
0: I appreciate you sharing that, man. It's very resonant, like that. Gina and I have been really navigating this idea of like, like if we went deep into really exploring and understanding who we are, would we want to be with each other? And it's a bold question, and we both know that the rewards on the other side of that are so profound that it's almost like. Like there's just a, uh, you said it beautifully. I think it was like, there's the relationships that are based in a hundred percent choice, like in your full sovereignty, not because you're afraid of what would happen if you broke up or not being afraid that you won't find love again. Or like if you actually let go and released and alchemized all those fears and you looked at the other person and you chose them with a full heart, like, wow, you know, like that to me is liberation, true union and sacred, sacred divine union. And it's worth experiencing even in yourself right? Like that's ultimately what these conversations are. These quests are, they are opportunities to experience more union with what's in you and remove the illusion of separation, the fear, the veil that's like in our minds and like go back into embodied living. And doing it over and over
1: again, right? Because we do it once. And like, this was like, this first quest was like three years ago. Now it's like, it's the same thing again, right? Like it's like, we there's more and more trust that that will keep coming back together on some level. But on another level, it's like always being able to put it all at risk. Even now we're for a little over four years in, you know, we're getting married in like a month. And it's like, even still, it's like, even now that we're married, can we still take that same approach? Right. Once we have kids, can we still do that? Right. Like the more, the more it feels like there's at stake, the more I think there's like pressure to like kind of hedge, but it's like how to stay in that fresh place. So good, man. This is, and I love this conversation. It's so
0: timely. I just love it. It's so good. What I love is like, cause you're right. Like, When you go into these bigger milestones like marriage or when you have kids, like there's an embedded level of safety and protection and hedge that comes with that, right? It's harder to have these explorations and conversations. And I also think that like if there's, and I'm actually really curious how you guys have been able to stay so connected while also having that fresh fear present or like the fresh possibility of things ending. Because like I, I find like when you get closer and closer, like, it's like when you say you're fully committed and you're in this, like it's it makes it harder to actually reach those depths that can only be found when like you're, you know what I mean? Like I'm wondering if you have any thoughts around how you actually keep that freshness in the fear, not in fear, but like in the form of like, oh, I can lose you. Like there's always a possibility alive
1: while your lives are getting more entangled and intertwined. For human beings, I feel like there's nothing that, realizing that we might lose something nothing like that for making us want it you know making us really appreciate it and i think it's so timely for me too because we're in that exploration and actually honestly we've now realized like we've like been transitioning from like honeymoon phase to long-term phase in the last year or so and there was a period of time when we were a little bit less fresh you know we were a little bit more like taking each other for granted and just less you know even while doing some of these things like there was a way in which we were you know Relying on the structure of engagement or, you know, pending marriage, like, and not like fully letting it be a a full choice. And I think it's okay. Like, I think that's natural. I think it like everything. It's a cycle, right? There's times for us to put everything on the line and like really refresh. And there's other times where like, you know, maybe other things in life are important or we just need a little bit of like chilling out where it's not like everything's on the line, right? But anyway, we were in that in the last like month and a half or two. We actually have, I think been doing a really great job of. And I can explain, you know, some of the things that have, that have supported us, but like a really great job of once again, like I actually feel like we're entering like our second relationship with one another. Esther Perel has this amazing quote you may have heard about like how all of us are going to have multiple marriages or multiple, whether it's marriage or just committed relationships in our adult life. The question is, do we want to have each of those relationships with the same person or do we want to have them with different people? And it's so powerful, right? And I feel like we are at this point where we're entering like, our second relationship. And it's actually kind of funny. Like things are, it's really good. Obviously we still know each other deeply from the time we've been together, but it's like, things are a little bit, sh- we're a little bit shy with one another. Sometimes like there's a little bit more of that. Like who is this other person? Who am I with this other person? And it's actually really beautiful. Cause it's like, it's there's this newness to it that like, and this freshness in it that like I crave, you know, sometimes if I get, if things get too much the same over time and so super timely for me as well.
0: I'll preface, you know, like, I don't think it's, oh, healthy is a word. Well, I don't know if it's, I would prefer to be in a relationship where it's like you're constantly on edge, you know, afraid of losing the other person. So I don't think that's what we're saying here, if anyone listening is assuming that. I think it's more about having a really healthy relationship to the idea and the possibility that, like, like how can we show up fully in this moment, choosing each other fully in this moment and being honest and truthful with anything that's getting in the way? right? Like, I think that's the piece that's really hard because I think it's like you get into long-term relationship and then you start to kind of just go with the flow because it's better than anything you've had or because it's like all these stories start accumulating and we get disconnected from our own truth. And when we get disconnected from our truth is when like, it's easier to kind of fall back. You know, like that's what Gina and I have actually noticed. Like, it's so important for us to do our own work separately and to really be in, in union with like the depths of ourselves in order for us to be able to meet each other fully and it's you know it's a mirror for anything if you want to meet your work fully you have to be and kind of back to how we started this conversation like the reason why you're in this introspective period like in order to actually have these periods of creation deep creation like and union with all that is like you have to first experience it with yourself i guess like if we had to think about like today present moment like how is this period of introspection different from the last period of introspection that you had?
1: Last time I was 25, 26 and hadn't really actually established much in my life. Like it was pretty, basically like a blank canvas, more or less, like no committed partnership. No, well, I was in a relationship that I ended, but anyway, no like committed partnership, no like successful company. And this time there's actually a lot in my, what's been both A beautiful blessing and a bit of a challenge is that there's actually things in my life that I've invested so much in that I like really love and cherish and want and like feel still connected to. So breathe for change, one of the companies I started for sure, my relationship with Adriana, like other things as well. So I'm learning to surrender in a different way and to go inward and create new space and still feel free while still feeling committed and devoted at the same time. And it's been a a real journey, but I think. I'm actually feeling great about it lately. And I've had some realizations recently where it's like, there's such freedom in commitment, right? Like there's, I used to think that flexibility equaled freedom. Like basically the more options I have, the more free I am. And I've re I've been in the process of redefining freedom for myself to mean the ability to choose my life, the ability to choose to live the life that I want. And part of choosing my life means committing to things because not committing is a choice in and of itself, like, I can live a life where I'm always feel free and have all my options, but then I'm never going to get to go like really deep in any one thing. So I'm going to actually just be limited, not by options, but by like not choosing an option. Right. So, and I'm grateful because I have this different relationship now where I feel like I feel very devoted to a few big things in my life that are already here. And I feel like they now feel like more like meaningful sort of like anchor points in my identity, but then it's like, okay, but, Whereas before it was like, well, what's my relationship gonna be? How am I gonna like earn a living? How am I gonna contribute to the world? Now it's like, those are still questions for me, but it's like, what's the next level of that? You know, it's it's not going from zero to one, but it's saying, okay, if I'm already like essentially in the dream of what I had before, like through creating it, like what's the next layer of this? And so there's, yeah, there's a different perspective for sure.
0: I mean, it feels so expansive, dude. Like I just love like that. It's such an inspiring reminder that, like, there's always, like, there's never an upper limit unless you define it. And there's also a really grounding reminder that, like, the life you have today is also the one that you dreamed of if you're working towards it, right? Like, I have to remember, I always, like, whenever I'm, like, in a shit experience and I'm, like, going through something tough, like, I almost have to, like, go back, like, six years ago and, like, connect to, like, Raj that was working in corporate America, like, you know, having dreams of being an entrepreneur. And like, I almost have to go back and like, if I explained my current situation to that Raj, like what would he do? And every single time it's like, fuck yes, Raj, you made it. Like you did it. Like, I don't care how big your problems are. Like You're out of this cubicle and you are living your life. Like, it's almost like you have to really remember that too. And so like, how do you balance gratitude with this like infinite desire for expansion?
1: I think part of it is just being able to try to see ourselves clearly. I actually had like a 360 degree leadership assessment happen like a year or two ago. And one of the, it was like a polarity assessment. One of them was literally what you just asked. How much do I tend towards appreciating what I have versus how much do I tend towards desiring more? And I tend towards desiring more. Like I'm just always like, you know, I'm just always like, fuck, there's so much more. Like no matter how good it is, it's just like the vision is so big, you know, and so, So, yep, yeah, so for me, it's like, the gratitude side is where it's at mostly like in order to balance in order to bring more harmony. It's like really in that question, it's like being more intentional with appreciating what I have. And also like freeing myself from this idea that like in order to have more, I need to be like really focused on desiring it. Like there's a, this is another thing that's shifting for me is I'm realizing that the way to create the life that I want, like the more that I want is not really by like, getting super attached to it, you know, or like spending all this time thinking about it that I don't have it, you know, knowing what I want is important. Right. But like the way to really create that is mostly being really present right here, really being grateful for what I have. And then like slowly expanding what I have more into what I want and not getting like impatience is like, is a thing, you know, as a startup founder and stuff, urgency and all this, it's like a thing for me. So just really learning to like, be more in the patience and the gratitude while not losing track of the of the vision and the desire. I'm certainly not perfect at it as Adriana or I'm sure anyone in my life would tell you, but I think I'm getting better, which I'm I'm grateful for. I mean, that's the
0: ultimate spiritual dance, all right? Like it's like the, like desiring more while staying deeply grounded in, in the now and today. And I think you said something really interesting, which is like this idea of my, like, I think I certainly resonate with like, if I want something, I put it in my mind's eye and then it's like, it's happening, right? Like I, I work like hell to go get it. I start creating, but there's also the other side, which is like trusting that you're always on the right path and that like what, like you cannot miss what's meant for you, right? Like it's like like trusting that like, like you're going to experience everything you've ever, like you're supposed to experience in this lifetime. And so that's where my dance comes in, which is like this entire like, oh yeah, like I can roll up my sleeves and make things happen because I'm a powerful creator, While also trusting that like if life wants it to happen, it will and I don't have to work so hard or I don't have to be so, not not work so hard, but I don't have to stress so much about bringing things into life. It's like there's a harmony to the way that life just like I've found at least opportunities for myself where like things just come into fruition. Like it's not like I'm trying it's just like right place, right time aligned. The people are showing up. Like it's like, wow. And then I pay attention and I just go in that direction. And so it's been interesting for me. I've been really shifting my relationship to creation as of late and really having it be more in like that. Can I stay in a flow? So like, I mean, you teach flow, right? Like, I mean, this is a big part of what you do and what you teach. So like, I guess like, how does the concept of flow come into this, this sort of conversation you're having right now? Around what you want, what you desire, what you're having next, what you already have, and and
1: all of it. Well, I want to draw a really quick parallel back to the like back to what we're talking about first, which is this cycle. So I feel like where we are in that creative cycle, whether we're like in a valley, like low, or it's on the upswing, or it's at the spring, summer, what season it is, has a huge relationship to like how much we should be focused on like gratitude and appreciation versus like pushing for creation and. So I think like, just to kind of bring it full circle, like I'm in this place where it's all about introspection, which is really about gratitude. Like, I don't have the clarity, like, because it's just a deep topic and I want to go where you were just taking us. But what I, I've realized like right now, I don't even know, I have visions, but like, to be honest, I'd rather have the universe show me what I want than get attached to what I want at this moment in time, because I'm in such an introspective place. So like, so for me, the work right now is like gratitude, appreciation, like reflection, When I get another download of like what it is that I'm going to like, what I really want next, like I know myself well enough to know that like I'm going to click into gear and like now I'm going to have this vision and I'm going to go out and really, really work on creating it while staying connected to gratitude, too, of course. But like, so I feel like it's like, I think this is one of the things about that cycle that's so helpful is understanding what season we're in can help us know, you know, how much should we be pushing versus how much should we be like receiving right now and navigate that polarity.
0: That's a really, important awareness. And I appreciate you bringing that up because it's something I'm, I'm certainly in a creation phase right now. I actually feel like both seasons can be very introspective if we allow it to be like for me right now, I'm actually learning so much about myself. And like, I feel like when I'm thrown into the fire and when I'm thrown into creation and when I'm like attached to what I want, that's where my work is like examining my attachments and why I need things to look a certain way and why I feel like I have an idea of how things are supposed to be versus like what actually wants to come into fruition. How do you navigate multiple personalities and egos and people that all have the same download that came from the same source? Like, it's like, there's so much in that and in both, like, you know, in the deep space where you're like, kind of sitting back versus like when you've been gifted or like kind of channeled a, a vision. And 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 I guess that's where this lifestyle of awareness becomes really valuable because ultimately that's what we're talking about right now is just creating a lifestyle of being aware of your feelings, your thoughts, like what's present for you in your life. And so, like, how do you, I guess, like pay attention to all these different things to create meaning, right? Like, do you have a framework for creating meaning or like what's sort of been like your process for alchemizing all of this data really truly across all these different parts of your life into something that that serves as a north star
1: well and that brings me back to your question about flow because i think flow is the universe's message that we're doing the right thing basically like i think when we're in flow is when the universe is telling us like you're where you need you're where you're meant to be you're showing up the way you're meant to be and I can go into the neuroscience and all the other ways that flow happens, but like to me on a deeper level, flow is a state of consciousness. It's inherently, all of us have access to, to the state of flow. And it emerges when, I believe that it emerges when who we are on the inside and like what we're quote meant to be doing, like what's really aligned matches what the universe is asking from us. And that's where this like merging of the internal and external that happens during flow and this harmony that happens Comes forward, so it's kind of like a. I think a flow is like a, a barometer, almost, of like how much flow am I experiencing as a direct re- relation to how how aligned am I with what I'm really here to be doing. And as far as meaning goes, one of the things about flow is it's autotelic, which means that it's inherently meaningful. Like all humans, when we experience flow, there's inherent meaning because it's connecting us to our aliveness. It's connecting us to to consciousness, to who we really are on a deeper level. And so I find a lot of meaning, like things that I found meaningful, I recognize now they change throughout my life. There's some things that don't like deep love and inspiration has always felt meaningful to me. Being of service for humanity's the evolution of consciousness of humanity has always felt meaningful, basically, since I can remember supporting the overall health of not only humans, but also of the planet feels deeply meaningful. So there's like causes and missions that I find meaning in. But the truth is in my day to day, I find more meaning. I find like the day to day moment to moment meaning a lot comes from. Do I feel in flow? Do I feel in alignment? Do I feel connected to something greater than myself? Which all those things kind of are corollaries for me of one another. So yeah, that's, that's the best answer I have. I mean, meaning making is, is a big deal, but that's, for me, that's like my, the more like practical day-to-day moment to moment way that I make meaning out of life.
0: Oh, it's so good, man. I I think it's the North star. Like, are you in like ease? Are you following ease? Like, I think there's where, like, I used to think like, like hustle doesn't have to feel like hustle, right? Like it doesn't like you could be working really long hours and still feel like you're in a flow. Exactly. Because everything's in alignment versus something being disconnected. And I think what you're really speaking to is a connected way of existing, right? Like, and ultimately that's what these periods of introspection, these deep periods of reflection are doing. They're helping you connect to something that's, that's so intrinsically you that like everything else now, like you can feel the resonance. You can feel when it's like off. You can feel when it's on and all that data just Comes back to helping you create a more purposeful, meaningful, rich, fulfilling, ecstatic
1: life. I'm feeling it right now, Raj. (laughs) Yeah,
0: totally, man. Like, I mean, totally. Like, I feel it. Like, I. (laughs) We're in it. Yeah, we're totally in it. And I'm so grateful. Like, you're so brilliant, dude. And I, you know, like, I I love learning from people that are like in the work. I read a, a quote not too long ago. It was like, there's no book like the book in your soul. And. I just love that one because like, I, you know, like my favorite, you're living your life, you're in the work, you're going into the depths of your soul. And I get to sit here and learn from you. Like, holy shit. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm, I'm learning right alongside you for sure. But yeah, I feel like this is a perfect example for me. Like this interaction we're having right now and this whole conversation of like, I feel like I'm totally in flow I'm and I'm discovering the beautiful thing about flow is it's so current, you know, like, I don't know where the flow is going to take me ahead of time like it's a discovery for me as well and that's that's the other thing that's so meaningful about flow is like when we're doing when we're we're showing up in the way that's like aligned with the universe we're also discovering ourselves to back to what you were saying earlier we're discovering more of who we are you know and that's inherently meaningful too like dang we're these like hugely expansive beings with like all these different levels of who we are and it's such a blessing and i'm so grateful to like to have other humans to share with yourself and so many others who are I think this time is really exciting because there's more and more of us, I feel like, who are really deeply doing the work and also bringing that in to, you know, the broader context of society and, you know, humanity right now that it's a, there's a lot of heaviness in the world and there's also a lot of real brightness and opportunity that's opening up.
0: Absolutely, man. And I'm so grateful that, like I said, like you touch so many lives through your companies and, you know, and just through who you are, like I can feel you. And so, I'm just grateful that you exist and you're doing the work and you're sharing yourself and that we're friends and that, you know, I'm just I'm just grateful for the whole thing, man. So thank you for being and for sharing yourself. If anybody wanted to reach out, say thank you, potentially even learn about some of the offerings that you have in the world or what's present for you, like how would they go about doing that?
1: So if anyone's in education, Breathe for Change, Breatheforchange.com is the company that I co-founded eight years ago. It's awesome. It's the largest yoga teacher training in the world now we certify educators as yoga teachers support them in bringing mind body wellness into school so that's into into education so that's that's for anyone in education but more broadly my partner my fiance and i adriana we started a company called paradox that we lead transformational retreats that are out in nature they're blending indigenous wisdom with neuroscience psychology movement somatic work it's they're awesome for groups of 20 and we're offering retreats for entrepreneurial leaders. So founders or other folks who are le- like starting their own companies or leading teams. And then we also are just about to start offering retreats for couples and other programs for couples. We feel like it's just a huge passion area of ours. We're constantly learning ourselves. So by no means are we the experts, but we're excited to start holding spaces where, you know, folks, couples who really want to live that full truth that we were talking about earlier on the episode have a space to connect with other couples to learn some things that have and have not worked for us and just to honestly just to have a space where to even create the space to go in together because that's a huge part of it so that's at prdx.co and yeah just reach out you know would love to connect with anyone it's, there's a contact form on the website
0: cheers brother we will make all those available in the show notes for everyone listening i got one last question for you man in the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded?
1: Well, <laughs> I'm doing it right now, breathing. Paying attention to the breath is a huge one for me. Taking a moment, like for those who aren't watching the video, I just closed my eyes, took a big breath into the nose and immediately it's like I'm more present. And I think the breath is just such a such a way to ground it to where I am, who I am, and why I'm here.
0: Mm, so good, dude, so good. Well, Again, brother, thank you so much for being, and thank you so much for sharing yourself with all of us. I'm so grateful. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Michael. And from us, Stay Grounded. Chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life.